0: Welcome to Your Louisville Today. I'm Jessie Bartholomew, and today my guest is Laura Hogue. Laura works with Pitbulls of St. Francis, which is a foster-based all-breed rescue in Louisville, Kentucky. Their goal is to lower shelter intake by rehabbing and finding amazing forever homes for dogs in need. They also are the foster program from which I got my dog, Twyla, so I am forever grateful. And... I'm in total admiration of how wonderful this program is. Hey, Laura, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, I just want to start by saying that I feel like I should thank you again because you matched me with Twyla, and when you all brought her over, you told you mentioned that she was a really well-adjusted dog, and I still like laugh about this to myself because she, she doesn't know a stranger, and she's so she's just so like calm and happy wherever she is. She's the greatest dog. Um, she's got an amazing personality, and I just I have you all to thank for that. Oh uh, well, we were glad to find someone that could appreciate <laughs> her and give her the home she needed and deserved. Yeah. Yeah, she she is a perfect, she fits in perfectly with our family. So um let's go ahead and talk about you and your background and how you came to start pit bulls of St. Francis. Sure. Um so I actually um
1: Sarah Daniel is who founded Pitbulls of St. Francis um in twenty fifteen. And I joined Pitbulls of St. Francis going on four years ago. Okay. Um and I'd actually been with another rescue. We had fostered a couple of dogs through another local rescue um, that is a great rescue, but they have shifted more towards wanting to do community work, um, working with dogs, keeping them in the homes versus fostering. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was employed at Legal Aid Society um, in their veterans unit. So I did a whole lot of outreach and community work. And to be quite honest, I, I love that kind of work but I wanted to foster dogs because it makes me feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: Um, So I wound up, I knew someone um, that was friends with someone that knew Sarah and I met Sarah and we connected right away. And I talked to her on like a Saturday and I think I had my first pitbulls bulls of St. Francis dog a week later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Yeah. She, um, she came from Pulaski County. It was actually, we picked her up on Good Friday from a transport. And she had been set to be euthanized that day. Oh. And she was a beautiful dog. Great dog. Just, you know, well-adjusted and fit in good with our family. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how we started with Pit Bulls of St. Francis. That was in May of, I guess, 2017.
0: Okay. And so you... You've ended up keeping a few of the dogs, right? <laughs> How many dogs do you have right now?
1: So we have, we own officially right now seven dogs. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> most of them have been dogs that we fostered, and um, yeah, and when you wind up keeping them, it's called a foster fail.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. You know, there have been different reasons. We call them. We say we're the house of mispit misfit pets. Hmm. Because they all have kind of, not necessarily special needs, but would be very hard um, for a lot of people to um, either afford what the, their care they need or to deal with their behavioral issues.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you have seven dogs that are, that are actually yours. And then, so when other dogs come in, I mean, is it like... I mean, that's pretty challenging, right?
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, yes, it is. We are actually very lucky. We have, we call them our pack, but our pack, we know our dogs very well. Um, we work hard um, training them and working with them and things like that. And we can almost always spot a dog that we know will be okay with our dogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can tell because we're Facebook friends, and I I see the videos and stuff, and it, it seems like your dogs would pretty much get along with anybody. Um, <laughs> they're pretty friendly. They're and, pretty and they friendly are.
1: <laughs> they're really accepting of other dogs. Um, and honestly, a lot of the dogs we take in have not had pro- proper socialization. I mean, they have mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, things to learn. They're behind on the, you know, where they should be, behavioral and man- dog manners and things like that. And our dogs are really
0: good at teaching that stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Um, So your all's process, I feel like, is is pretty different from a regular foster program, or at least that I'm familiar with. Um, Because you all are, are just more, like, you communicate more. And I feel like you, you know, we became Facebook friends right after I got Winnie, Twyla. And I felt so supported, like you all just care so much. And, you know, when you go to the pound and just adopt a dog, that's great, too. But you don't get that like extra support, I feel like. Well, and I think
1: it's really important. Um, You know, I anytime you rescue a dog, it, it's a great thing. But I think a lot of times when you just go to the pound, it's hard to know the dog's personality. There's adjustment issues. There's things that. Not everyone's prepared to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way, though, even, you know, we can give someone a better idea of the dog because they've been in our home. Right. But we also know that, you know, the dog, how they behave in our personal homes can be very different to when, you know, they're adopted. There's an Mm -hmm. adjustment period. Um, In any of the dogs that has ever came through my home or even any Pitbull of St. Francis dog, I mean, I feel like a personal responsibility for for them Mm -hmm. and, and for whoever adopts them. And, you know, we've really strived to provide a good supportive network. Um, one of the things that we've done and I feel has been really, really successful in keeping dogs in homes is we've partnered with Rosie Dane dog training. Mm -hmm. Um, Tyler Ullman runs that. And I have learned so much from him. Um, that's just helped me and that allows us to then help the adopters and the dogs.
0: Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, they're, they're more like it's easier for you to give someone a dog when you know that at least they're going to have like a basic understanding of manners and, or at least have that resource to give to the adoptive parents.
1: Well, and we try to provide that. I mean, You know, I had an adopter that had had a dog from us for over a year and she had other dogs and two of the females were, you know, kind of got into it, which isn't unusual um, given Mm -hmm. the ages. And I immediately connected her with Tyler. Um, So it's a year and a half after she adopted the dog. She works with Tyler, the rescue, you know, paid for the initial connection. And not only did it help the dog, her and the dog that she adopted from us but she now says here she thought she was you know a very well informed you know dog owner and she <laughs> realized she wasn't and she was able to apply everything else to her other dogs as well
0: yeah that's that's awesome um so you wow i just lost my train of thought sorry the the dogs that you um foster Where, I mean, they come from all over Kentucky typically?
1: Yes, um, they come from all over Kentucky. We actually, we have a person in Alabama um, that they seize a lot of dogs down there. And when there's a seizure, they want the dogs moved immediately. Um, So we've gotten dogs from them. Um, The last little deaf dog we had came from West Virginia um, from a bad situation that, again, they needed her moved immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. and they know that, I mean, we own a deaf dog and we've fostered several. So,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, it's not, it's easy for me to now say it's not hard, but, uh, but it is one of those things you, (laughs) you know, you learn, um, with a deaf dog. Yeah. So they come from everywhere, um, rural counties, Eastern Kentucky, a lot, um, you know, we do, and then we get them even from, you know, from Metro, um, you know, they've reached out the one little dog that I had with the two broken legs. Uh, Metro had her. And she
0: has been an absolute <laughs> joy to watch her her journey.
1: She's pretty amazing. I mean, she went from <laughs> a dog that, you know, we thought for sure would lose one leg and need multiple surgeries to a dog that, you know, has all four legs now and, you know, she doesn't didn't add, end up having any surgeries. Um she does, you know, have her front leg is still, you know, she has a little bit of a limp. But you'd never know that she ever had two broken legs.
0: No, you wouldn't. She she bounces around like any other puppy. How much does she weigh? She's tiny, yeah, right? She
1: is up to 13 pounds now.
0: Aww.
1: And, you know, she is the boss of all of our dogs, including uh-huh. the <laughs> pit bulls that outweigh her immensely. Um, I don't, she, they, we joke and we say that she's a pug chihuahua mix. We call her a pug wah uh-huh. And I think it's the Chihuahua in her that makes her just so ferocious.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. She's got a big personality. That's for sure. Definitely. So the most difficult part of your job?
1: Um, all the dogs we can't save. I mean, we're inundated yeah. daily, um, you know, happy new year and all that kind of stuff. But all that I can think of is what it's going to be like in the next several months from people who got dogs and don't want to be responsible for them anymore. And they contact us and, you know, we can't take owner surrenders. It's not feasible. We're Mm -hmm. here to save dogs that are about to die, you know, or have severe medical issues. And somebody deciding they don't want a dog isn't a, most of the time is not a rescue. Every now and then there's circumstances. Um, I always, whenever anyone reaches out to us again, I try to connect them with Rosie Dane, our dog trainer Mm -hmm. and things like that. But it's going to be hard. And now, you know, with the Corona vaccine and everything and the fact that, you know, maybe possibly going back to work. Yeah. Then their dogs are going to have separation anxiety and they're not going to want to deal with that. So right now, I mean, that's probably, you know, that's the hardest thing is just knowing that, you know, we can't save them all. I mean, and and it's an endless thing and it can really get to you.
0: I didn't even, I didn't even think about that because, and all over Christmas, my mom and I were talking about how great it is that the shelters were like emptied because all of these people were working from home and they all adopted pets, but now they're all going to go back to work. You know, I didn't even think about that. Well, and
1: it, you know, and it was the whole thing. And I mean, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't want to be like a, you know, killjoy or anything, but you know, everyone's going on and on about the shelters have never been this empty. And I'm like, yeah. And they're going to fill right back up because they're people who never thought they had time for a dog. And now you're bored and you're at home. So you have time for a dog, not realizing you're eventually going to go back to the life you had before. Right. And, you know, the amount of time a dog takes depends on the dog it depends on a whole lot of things
0: it does it does but it but you know people working 8 hour shifts if if they're going to go to work and then plan on going out after yep. like they probably did before covid it's going to be a tough it's going to be an adjustment yeah
1: cuz i mean you know as well, well as i do i mean you know the dog's factor into your decisions you make about what you're going to do
0: oh my whole yes they, my whole life, they are, there. yes, I mean, very much. So. John and I don't usually go on vacations
1: together simply because there's no one, in, you know, to watch all of our dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I accidentally got a cat, um, in October. It's a long, that's a whole nother story, but that occurred to me too. I was like, well, this, you know, this changes everything again as far as like vacations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And cats, cats are lower maintenance, but still like, I've you know, it's a big life decision. Yes, And it is a little scary that it may have been taken more lightly um, the last couple of months. And I, I hope that, you know, I hope that we're wrong. And I hope that people like figure out ways to adjust their life and keep their pets. Well, and a lot of it's just going to be realizing
1: that, you know, there might be some separation anxiety. I mean, it'll get better you just have to kind of stick through it you know um one of the things you know people don't like to crate a dog that's not cruel that's not mean and you know we have dogs that we we have to crate because if we leave them loose when we're gone they'll destroy things it's just life it's not mean
0: no scout scout was that way and after crate training her it got to the point where Like, if something scared her, or, you know, just sometimes she would just go get in her crate and lay there, like, just out of her choice. Um, It was like her safe space. But I didn't like crating her at first either. And Twyla actually helped with Scout's separation anxiety. Now they Scout used to just howl the whole time I was gone, and now she and Twyla just hang out at the house and sleep, and it's been amazing. Because well,
1: Twyla's gonna be like, "What is your problem, girl? You just need <laughs> yeah. to settle down."
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stop and the sheeps. drama. It's It's funny. Scout's been a totally different dog since we got Twyla. They've They've been amazing for each other. Um. So I'm not saying that everybody should go out and get a second dog, but, you know, also don't rule it out.
1: I, you know, I don't recommend everyone have seven dogs, um, <laughs> but I do think there is something, I mean, there, you know, there are certain dogs that have to be only dogs. I mean, that's just oh, that. Yeah. But if yeah. not, I always, I mean, it's good to have a buddy. You know, yeah. it can yeah. really help.
0: So we So we talked about the most difficult parts, obviously the most rewarding parts, you want to talk about that?
1: Sure. There's so many of them, um, you know, besides the fact that, you know, you, you take these dogs in and, you know, some of them are in really bad shape. Um, you know, we have, we've had them before where they've been, you know, so starved, you have to give them, you know, small meals around the clock, um, you know, earlier I got to this year. Earlier last year, um, we took in a litter of puppies that came from eastern Kentucky. And within a couple of days of having them, they broke with Parvo. Um, that was oh, terrifying. No. But they lived. I mean, all, the whole litter lived, which is very unusual. Um, but to see these dogs, you know, that no one wanted or that were thrown away. Um, and then you see how happy they are. And it's, you just look Mm. at it and I mean, and it's, you know, it's a lot of work, whether it's puppies or an adult dog or fostering is work, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, but when you see these dogs and I mean, and you know, I do try to be Facebook friends with all of my adopters, Um, you know, I try to stay in some type of contact with my adopters. And I mean, at this point, there's probably... 80 something adopters. We've had, I think we've had about 80 foster dogs.
0: Um, yeah, the alumni group. And I love that, but to
1: see not just the dogs, you know, laying on the bed or on the couch or, you know, going on adventures, but just the happiness they bring to the people is, you know, it's a great feeling. And, you know, you realize that you're making a difference, not just for the dog, but to these, in these people's lives. Um, one of my, um, One of my adopters, it was funny. They had always had um, Mastiffs and Cane Corsos. And so they adopted a pit bull from us. And her whole family was very leery because, you know, it was a pit bull. And then they got to know this pit bull. Um, Her name's now Violet. And everyone fell in love with her. And so when my adopters, 80-something-year-old mother, um, dog passed away. She said, I want you to find me an elderly pit bull that no one wants.
0: Oh, my God. And I want him.
1: Want, that's. So I was like, well, do you really want, you know, so I found this other cute little dog. And she said, he's cute. That's not what I want. I want to save a pit bull. And so we found Pharaoh um, who had been seized. He had been sitting at a shelter um, as part of a court case for three years.
0: Oh um, he had been
1: on a chain on his teeth were basically gone from chewing on the chain. Um, and so anyway, he's a blue, big old blue pit bull, um, ugly looking teeth, just you know, kind of slobbery. And Aww. she, I showed her the picture. She said, that's who I want. Um, and so he has been with her for several months now. He goes everywhere with her to the bank oh when he, she takes him to Dairy Queen and they know him and he gets a cone, ice cream cone. And, you know, he, um they, he's going to have to have, he had some masses removed and they're pretty sure it's mast cell cancer. Um, they're going to do an ultrasound before they do a surgery to see it, how invasive it is. We don't know that yet, but what we do know is however long he has left, he's living his best life because you know, she wanted to open her home to a dog that no one wanted. And so it's just things like that. I mean, you know, um, you just, it all, I mean, it, you know, it fills me, you know, makes me cry almost every time.
0: Yeah. I mean, stories like that. Oh my God. And it's, you're literally helping to change that perception of, pit bulls like obviously with that with that family you change their entire perception and it happened with my family too my when my mom saw Twyla in person she was like oh that she has a lot of pit bull in her and I was like yeah but like wait till you get to know her she's truly the sweetest dog in the whole world
1: to me that's so funny because when I looked at her I was like she barely looks like a pit bull I mean but her you know they actually did a DNA test on her um and you know, it was predominantly American Staffordshire Terrier, which is a pit bull. But to me, uh-huh. I mean, she has so much of the healer personality and stuff like that.
0: She does, and and she has a lot of mm-hmm. that look in her too. I, I think, think yeah. her coat, but but yeah, I mean, my my mom was very hesitant. when I was like, wait a minute, you just you got to get to know her, and I I would love to just get rid of that whole stigma. Well, and, and it
1: you know, I I have learned you know. It's gotten to a point, you know, when people, you know, some, you can just tell when someone says something, sometimes I try to educate them other times. I just don't bother because I'm like, you've, you're not going to listen to, yeah, that you're your not going to listen to anything. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, people are like, aren't you, have, how can you sleep with pit bulls in your house? And I'm like, well, other than they're snoring pretty easily, <laughs> um, You know, and I will say I've never, I've yet to be bit by a pit bull. Um, I have been bit mainly small dogs. Any small dog we've ever fostered has bit me, (laughs) but that's small dogs are like that. I mean, Mm -hmm, yeah, but I mean, it's funny because I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate that the breed has that kind of reputation. Um, You know, are, are there, there's bad dogs in general. It's not breed related um right there's, it has nothing to do with the breed um
0: it's mostly nurture right you know they get raised right I mean. I
1: mean and even i mean we've taken dogs um well of course everyone knows you know the story of michael vick's dogs the champions um which mm-hmm. if you've never seen that movie i would highly recommend it um which you okay. know people are like what and i'm like no it's a beautiful movie about you know, people fighting for these dogs and how these dogs have changed so much. Um, mm-hmm. So I really, I think it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is, but it's, I went to see it and I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but it was a very uplifting movie. But
0: yeah, I haven't seen that. All but you know,
1: a these day. are dogs and, and we've had a few, um, we have Poppy who is, He's adopted, but he's still a pit bulls, a St. Francis dog. He was a bait dog. He's missing his teeth were filed down. He's missing an eye. He's missing ears. And he's the sweetest thing. I mean, does he have some, you know, a little bit of, you know, issues? Like, I mean, he doesn't want you coming up, you know, really strong on him and things like that. But he's never done anything to hurt anyone. I mean, he he loves people, and that's what kills me. Is you take these dogs that have been abused and mistreated, and you they just want love, and they are willing, yeah, they're willing to trust people no matter what. And I mean, and that's a very pit bull trait. I mean, you know, they're called nanny dogs for a reason. It's because they love
0: their humans. Mm -hmm. Oh, she is. Yeah, Twyla is just the most loyal. Um, she's amazing so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Louisville are you from Louisville, Louisville so um, you-
1: actually I'm a southern Indiana person and if anyone would have told okay. me I would have lived in Louisville I would have laughed and not because <laughs> <laughs> well Why? it was funny so my family both my parents family grew up in Portland and so My grandparents lived there for most of my life. So I was very familiar with the West End in Portland. Um, But I just, I mean, Southern Indiana is just, to me, it was the best of everything. Because, you know, it's cheaper to live over there. I mean, there's just a whole bunch. um, It is, yeah. You know, more bang for your buck on houses, just different things like that. Um, For sure. But I moved, I guess it's been, it'll be officially I sold my house. It'll be nine years that I've been living here without a home in Indiana. Um, And I do. I mean, I love it. There's so much about Louisville. Um, You know, it's eclectic in so many ways. There's so many, you know, little things that is, you know, natives we find and enjoy that people don't know about. And so it's not real touristy. So I do enjoy that. Um,
0: Do you have any favorite restaurants?
1: right now i mean it's been so long
0: <laughs> i know i know it's almost like a sad you know i mean anymore. it's
1: you know um
0: i love uh, the cafe um and
1: okay, then yeah. i have to give a shout out i will say to one of my favorite restaurants it's at logan's marketplace and it's ziva's, ziva's bistro
0: oh my gosh i've heard so many good things it about is, that place it is i can
1: not oh now i will you know i i'm friends with the owner i've known him but if it wasn't good it would i wouldn't have it but everything he makes is wonderful and he is it he, he has the best eggplant parmesan you'll ever eat in your life.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah I, I mean I, every
1: time I go everything else is good. So sometimes I'll be like, all right, well I'm gonna get this but then I need the eggplant parmesan to take home and I'll have it tomorrow. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Yeah. So it's that good. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, it's,
1: like I said, I really and you know, I really like it. So
0: Okay, so if somebody wanted to get involved with fostering for Pitbulls of St. Francis, are you guys, like, are you welcoming new? We professors? always need
1: fosters. I mean, that's the other hard thing. Um, you know, again, like I said earlier, fostering's hard. So a lot of times people get into it, and it, it does take a lot out of you. And so you'll do it for a little bit, and then you'll get out, and some people come back in, and kind of ebbs and flows. A lot of times um, people foster and then they wind up, um, you know, foster failing. And then that kind of takes them out of fostering, which um, I always tell people they should never feel bad about it because they're giving a dog a home. And that's the most important thing of what we do. But we're always looking for fosters. Um, You know, we are our Facebook page, um, Pitbulls of St. Francis, you know, we can be reached by messenger on that. Or we have a email it's on our website um it's pitbulls of st francis.org um okay you know we're always and, and a lot of times if people just want to talk about it I you know I understand that and I'm always very honest about it and you know sometimes after talking people are like oh, I don't think I want to do it and I understand it but I would rather them have a a true idea of what it entails yeah
0: yeah so if you're curious right just reach out just reaching out doesn't mean no. you have to commit and i mean
1: it's you know get some information i mean it's been unfortunate because lots of people right now want to volunteer they don't want to foster they want to volunteer and that's great but it's like well we don't we're, we're not able to do anything right now i mean we had right i mean 2020 you know we had our last board meeting in in well in person board meeting in february And then it was done. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so we had always like done events at Garage Bar and all these different places all, you know, during the summers, all that was gone, you know, usually great flood. We're up there a couple of times, you know, a month. So it's really, you know, made it hard um, to recruit people and, and to be, you know, the faces because people need to see us and, you know, and speak to us.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's even the same way, like with my real estate company, it's been really hard to like maintain a sense of culture for the same reason. Like nobody can see each other. It's really hard to have like that, that feeling of community. It's, I mean, it's just been a challenge for everybody. Um, so if people want to find you to adopt or to foster, it it was org, right? And then same thing on Facebook. You can just search yes. Pitbulls of St. Francis and you'll cover yep. it up. And, um uh, and then what was, what was the email um, again?
1: It's pitbulls of saint francis at gmail.com.
0: Okay.
1: And I also want people okay. to know the name. Um there there's a reason the name is what it is. Um it has to do with basically Sarah, our founder was mm-hmm. driving in the West End. She was a nurse practitioner and she was working down there as a home, in home health care and pouring rain. It was horrible. And these two dogs were in the road. And she pulled over and they jumped in her car and they were, you know, starved. Anyway, long story short, they were two pit bulls and she didn't know what she was going to do with them and everything else. And so she started praying to St. Francis, who was the patron saint of animals. Um, and she... Well, we said if you know if she ever founded a rescue she was gonna name it after the two the dogs that started it all and honor St. Francis. So that's how the name's about, but we take in all kinds of dogs. I mean it doesn't matter the breed. Um and in fact we're kind of rebranding um and it's still we're gonna be PBSF dog rescue. Simply because okay. I mean the name Pitbulls throws people off and then A lot of times St. Francis throws people off too because of the religious connotation. And to me, I mean, I don't want to drop any of it, but I mean, I want to, you know, keep true to what Sarah created, but you know, St. Francis, I'm, you know, I'm doesn't, I believe that there's someone that protects animals and, you know, St. Francis is the person, St. Francis of Assisi is the person who is known as the patron saint for animals and. You know, and we've always said, I mean, when we've gotten down to really bad times, whether it's been, you know, dogs that, you know, might not pull through or the fact that, you know, we have no money um, and we are still going to do all we can to save a dog's life, you know, we all turn to St. Francis and whatever, whoever it is that hears us um, has always pulled through for us. And, you know, right when I've always been kind of thought, I, I don't think this is going to be able to work. And what are we going to do? Something happens. so I... yeah, Right. So there, there's somebody or side. something out there. Yeah. So, but I do want to make it clear to people that, you know, you don't have to foster pit bulls if you don't want to. And that's not going to hurt my feelings. Um...
0: Yeah. So just tacking on that dog yeah. rescue at the end, kind of make sure it encompasses yeah. all dogs. That's good. All right. Well, I appreciate so much, everything that you do, and I'm so grateful to you for matching me with Twyla. Um, so thank um, you. No,
1: like I said, it's, you know, it's stories like you and her and, and then the friendships that come out of too with my adopters that just, you know, keep us going. All right. Well, is there anything
0: else that you want us to know before we No, nope,
1: just here? any questions or anything? You know, I hope people reach out to us and we're always here. Um, to do what we can for people.
0: All right, Laura, thank you, thank and have you a happy so new much. year. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Your Louisville Today. You can find more about Pitbulls of St. Francis on their website pitbullsofstfrancis.org. You can also find them on Facebook. Just search Pitbulls of St. Francis and they'll come right up. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, send an email to today at gmail.com or send a message to the Instagram at Podcast or the Facebook, Your Louisville Today. If you're enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe, review, and share with all your friends. Thanks again.